there. Hi, everybody. I'm Jerry. <laughs> Are you sure? Yep. I'm Mary. When welcome to the, the Mary and Jerry, Jerry podcast, podcast, where we talk about faith, life, marriage, love, bacon, family, <laughs> shoes. Yeah, you would love to talk about shoes <laughs> and earrings. And Accessories? Head, and headbands. You know what the most useless thing in the world would be? A headband for me. Because you're bald. I just call it a hat. <laughs> it's a big old headband well, called a hat. Anyways, welcome to the Mary and Jerry podcast. Yeah. Where we just have conversations that are completely unscripted. There are no notes in front of us. We have no idea what's going to come out of Jerry's mouth. So we always <laughs> just... You say that like it's a bad gird thing. our loins, friends, and prepare ourselves for what like is ahead of us. Thing. So today's podcast is in answer to... Um, a survey that I did on Instagram. We on surveyed what it to people... 100 people. Their top five answers are on the board above. No. <laughs> I would never give you five options. That yeah. would be bad. That would be very bad. Um, but people want to know about your conversion story. So How I converted to this much awesomeness? <laughs> you can, yes, how you, how you became a Catholic. So oh, okay. I'm going to get the ball rolling, and then you're going to take I'd it I never over. took a trip to Damascus, to be fair, on horseback. You was not blinded by the light. No, blinded by, by the, light. the light. No, I was not. Okay. Um, so I come from a Catholic family, born and raised, uh, raised in the church, went to Catholic school th through uh, eighth grade. I heard you learned how to iron box pleats and blouses. Uh, I did. And in blouses. The third grade, Peter third Pan, grade. Collar, Peter yeah. Pan Collars. Yep. Yes. I very, if anybody very else remembers proficient those, on dun, my dun, box dun, pleats. Dun. Thank you. Um, and uh, I have never known a time without my Catholic faith. I have not always been the best Catholic for certain. Um, and there have been Sundays where I have not found myself in church, especially in my youth. But um, what? I know, shocking. Marianne Green let I'm you get Marianne. away with that? Oh, my mother or my <laughs> sister? <laughs> Your mother? Um, oh, my mother didn't. I, this is after we were married, sweetheart. Uh, there were a few Sundays we didn't make it to church. Oh, Okay. More on that later. <laughs> yeah. But I'm Anyways, um, so I, you know, I did not have a very strong relationship with the Lord. Uh, I mine was mostly out of fear of my mother uh, and my father. So I went to church and did the things. Well, I heard you guys all marched in like a little troop, and then you'd go into the pew. We were your, step stairs, and yes. your mother would sit on one, and your your father would sit on the other end. Yes, when my dad got the sat finger with snap, us. What did that mean? Well, if you got the finger snap once, you best mind. If you got the finger snap a second time, then you were getting a spanking when you get home. That's right. And never ever do the elbow game. Um, if you don't know the elbow game, ladies and gentlemen, it is when one on one end starts and hits the other in the ribs with your elbow, and then they continue that all the way down the line, forgetting that their father is at the end of the line. No. Who elbowed William Joseph Green? Who do you think? You did. Of course I did. Of course I did. you did. Oh, my, my gosh. My brother Christopher was serving as an altar boy, so I was the last one closest to dad that particular mass. And let's just say I was washing dishes for a long time. But anyways, my father sang in the choir. He had a beautiful bass voice. Oh, and gosh. so we usually sat behind the choir or over to the left. Uh, he was always watching like an eagle's and you eye. And up an entire row. An entire row. Yes, sir, we did. All eight of <laughs> us and my mom. And then once my brother started serving, that there would be, you know, and then my sister and I were both lectors. So we were very involved. Wait, didn't, all, what, didn't like all six of your brothers serve a mass? At, yes, one Christmas Eve. And then one of them mass. fell asleep? That would and, be, uh, that would be, was that Andrew? That I believe that was Andrew or that might have been Richard. and fell out of the pew? Off on the end. Like his, his, his was the last chair. And he literally started snoring during the homily and fell over. Wait, and my, head, none head of my back, brothers mouth open, yes. snoring. And none of my brothers stopped it. They of all just they, they literally had their hands in their laps and they looked down there? and nobody stopped it. He just fell over. He got up, sat back down, looked down, and that was my mother had a stroke. <laughs> um, I mean, you can't make up stroke. family stories like this. Yes. And then there was the time my brother, I can't remember if it was Chris, Joe, or Tim, one of the older ones, um, we were doing Stations of the Cross during Lent, and they had the thurible with the incense, and one thought it would be really cool to put a handful of popcorn in it. How'd that work out? 
Not well, my friend. Not well at all. I take it the priest was Father not Father Crowley, amused. God rest his merry soul. He's with the Lord now. Was not Was amused. not. He was a baby priest. He was. That was his first Lent at our parish. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, and, and what did William Joseph Green do? Um, oh, there was punishment. There was. <laughs> That's pretty much your theological Let story. Me... Crime and punishment. Crime makes you stupid, man. Okay. Oh <laughs> Anyways, can you please move your leg? Thank well, you. Okay. Uh, oh my gosh. Yes, we're live. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so in between popcorn, falling asleep, and the anyway. elbow game. Clearly, your theology was not overly sound yeah. as a young it adult. Was, it was the 80s. It was rainbows and butterflies. Oh, rainbows and, oh, we were holding hands. Jesus loves me this. No, not that. That's classic Protestant. No, mine is uh, your, my, your banner over me is love. Oh, my word. We sang that for my first communion in 1973. Oh, my gosh. Yes, indeedy. I was really prepared for life. Mm. So prepared. Mm. Nope. Mm. So That then, was the era of the uh, the living Bible. Yes, it was. Oh, my gosh. That had like stick figures. It had stick figures yes. before we stick figures were We had the New American Bible. We had the NAB. No, we had this thing. I don't even, I, I, I still remember this thing because I'm just like, this is a Bible? Like, <laughs> stick figures in it. What? So anyways, that's, I, we said the rosary every night because my right. father had a tremendous devotion to Our Lady. And so we would say it <laughs> because once you said the rosary, then you had free time. How fast, did you, how fast did you make it through those 10 decades, you know, Mary, baby? Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, my woman, blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for sinners. <laughs> no, they are in death, amen. <laughs> we had to have the little head bounce. You have to, to do the head bounce You have to do the Jesus, head bounce, yes. which you can't see on the podcast, but yes, I, I know. Actually, <laughs> and we said that that thing in like 15 minutes right. so I could go read my books in my bed with okay. my flashlight. Meantime. Meantime in Collinsville, Oklahoma. Collinsville, Oklahoma. Salute. This good Lutheran boy. <clears throat> okay, so my parents... So my mom was Nazarene, whatever Church that, of the Nazarene. Church of the Nazarene, whatever that is. Not really sure. Um, and it's a Bible church. It's a Bible church. And then my Very father was a staunch Lutheran. Yes. Um, when we were growing up, we were part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And then later, um, they Once became- Once they lost their minds. Well, I'm just, okay, I'm going to say this. So, you know, hopefully nobody's going to tune out. But my father, the first time a woman preacher showed up, he was having none of that. He was of a generation where there weren't women preachers, yeah. He became a Missouri Synod Lutheran, which if anybody knows anything about the Lutheran Church, those are the Shia Lutherans. They are super, super conservative. Super conservative. Um, well, at least they were. I, I'm not really sure now, to be perfectly blunt. But back in the late 70s. Early 80s. Early 80s. Um, those, or when they got married. Yeah, that's when they became Missouri Synod, right? Yeah, the, uh, right, right. 70s. Yeah. So, so yes. So we also grew up in the church. We went to church every Sunday during Lent. You went to, also went to church on Wednesday nights because they had a special program for Lent. Um, you did youth group. We always went to Sunday school. Then we went to church. Then we had donuts. That was like our Sunday theological routine. Like <laughs> theological routine. We're talking yeah, really Bible more study, about study, worship, donuts. We're talking really. What I'm realizing is we're talking more about our religious practices, not necessarily our the conversion of our hearts, which comes later. You are very, you are very profound. Sorry, I just thought of that. But that, it <laughs> was, like it, was so, it was it was social, cultural, and familiar church. You went Correct. to church because your parents got your butt out of bed on right. Sunday, and it you went expected. to church. Yes. Was, yeah, you're right. And you know, I did the same thing. I was an acolyte. Uh, I did youth group. Um, you know, because that was your duty. Right. Yes. My parents were very much about you do your duty to church. My parents were very duty to God, country, um, were family. very big um, in the church. My parents actually built, built like three different churches. Three churches. They were part um, of yeah. my mom worked in the kitchen. My parents did meals. Your dad meals. was on the finance committee. Yeah. My parents did meals on wheels. I mean, they were very active in their church. Your um, family's love language. Your family's love language is service. Yeah, but we didn't have any like family. We didn't pray at dinner. We, we said went, grace. We said grace at dinner, but we didn't really pray as a family, right? Mm -hmm. There, there is no rosary in the Lutheran Church, right? No, but your dad didn't like do a Bible reading at night or anything nope. like that. Okay. Nope. 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 So, um, yes, it was very much a. Um, it was there. There was no personal relationship. There was no personal faith, as we like to tell. 
our teens in youth ministry and, you know, whenever we give talks to college kids, it's like we didn't own our faith. It wasn't ours. It was our parents' faith, right? Now, here's a funny thing that we learned as we were doing catechism. That's Mm -hmm. a story for a few minutes later. A God has no grandchildren. Correct. Right? God has children. You're either a child of God, right, or you're not, but there's no grandchildren. You have to step up and and own your faith. And that was not really where I was at right. um, when I went off to the United States Naval Academy in 1983. Salute. Um, I went to church every Sunday because- When you were at school. When I was at school. because mm-hmm. Your um, mama asked you. My mama asked me every week, son, did you get your- When bus- did you talk to your parents every week at school on Sundays? Um, well, whenever you could get to the phone, see back then they had these things called pay phones. I'm aware. And My had, call was on Thursday night. And you had these things, these banks of pay phones mm-hmm. in Bancroft Hall that you could call your parents collect, but not too much. Cause then my daddy would complain about the phone bill. Son, you know how much I'm paying for that phone bill? Well, less than tuition, dad. I'm pretty sure. Oh, when I started calling you, oh my gosh, I got a lecture every time I, t- how long you got to talk to that girl? <laughs> Well, Dad, I only get to see her on the weekends because there's this thing called the military. Um, so yeah, Thursday nights is our is our night our to call. call. And we would talk about an hour. hour yeah, and, a half, and I'm yeah, anyway. That's another topic of conversation. Um, okay, so you get to the Naval Academy. You're going to church every going Sunday. Going to church every Sunday. You sang in the in the. I was in the choir. Pontif- what is it? The called? Antophon Choir. That's the people that weren't good enough to get into Glee Club. But you got into Glee Club your senior year. My senior, I think I was more of a mercy vote. It's like, well, this <laughs> this guy's shown up for three years. Let's throw him a bone and put him in Glee Club. You have a beautiful voice. Um, but yeah, didn't really own my faith. But I went to church. Mm-hmm. I did a little Bible study, but it was more of it was it was just kind of a social activity. It wasn't really to deepen my faith or my relationship to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as the Baptist minister used to say. In our son, do you have a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And you would say, "Yes, sir, I do, sir. Yes, sir." <laughs> just to get out. I don't of it. see you in our. Well, sir, I'm Lutheran, sir. Oh, okay, son. Well, as long as you get your butt to church somewhere. <laughs> There you go. That's what your mom used to say when she found out I was Catholic. She was like, well, Catholics go to church. <laughs> yeah. They had yes. this thing called mass. Every day. It's kind can. of an obligation. Um, but but when we met. When we met, you were. I was Catholic and you were Lutheran. Nominally. And well, I was, I was in a, you know. So what was obedient. our second date, honey? So our second date. Okay. So let's, let's set this up. So our first date obviously was a blind date. My blind date didn't show up. Uh, you were my girlfriend's blind date, but we by the end about of the night, that we did that podcast. on the first podcast. Right. Anyways, so at the end of that night, you had asked me to um, to go on a date the next weekend. Like, hey, are you able to come down next weekend? And my mom was doing this thing called the Bay Bridge Walk, which is the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. She walks something only your mother would do. I no, noticed your father didn't do at, it. Well, no, dad was always doing something else, busy with somebody else, whatever. There was a back to basketball practice or something going on. Anyways, um, so mom was, that happened to be the next weekend. So mom was coming down. So I said, well, I can come down, but I have to go to mass. You and came you down like, in dust boot, didn't yes, you? Yes, in the big Caprice classic Chrysler the red Caprice. Ca- the did that have wood paneling on the side? Yes, it did. Yeah, baby. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so we... Um, you could fit nine kids in an old hound dog in that wood paneled station wagon. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to be singing, are <laughs> that we? That was a gigantic Anyways, car. so where was I at the moment that we showed up for, for Mass that Sunday? I had six months prior had a situation, had a experience where um, I was downtown DC with girlfriends on a Friday night and found myself in a situation that could have ended very, very badly. But my guardian angel was working overtime and so was the local constabulary. And I got myself out of that situation or they did, the Lord did. And I showed up at mass the next morning and I was really kind of um, very contrite and very much like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I was a young woman who was looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love okay. in all the wrong places. And your guardian angel's going, yes, Lord, saved her again. Yes, Lord. God's like, good job. Good job. And he's like, oh. You're just getting started. She's only 18. <laughs> we still got decades to go. Anyways, um, I remember being in mass that Sunday. And Father Madigan, our pastor, was saying mass. And he had uh he was at the point of uh con 
trans cons- oh Tr- transubstantiation transubstantiation thank you i sometimes my dyslexia comes out of my just it's bad anyways transubstantiation when he's holding up our lord jesus christ it looks like a piece of bread but it is the body blood soul and divinity of our lord jesus christ and i remember in that moment being kind of in awe that that really was Jesus. Like if I called myself a Catholic, I, I have to believe that that is Jesus and that the wine that looks like wine is his precious blood. And so I was kind of in this place mentally and morally and emotionally where I just, I literally gave my future spouse to the Lord and I said, you've got to find him. Like, I'm not doing this so anymore. that was you who did yeah, that. I did that. Like, uh, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not, I'm not seeking it. I'm not going out. And see? I'm not. I said, you, you literally, you. I know sometimes I really want <laughs> to know. Like, like uh, really? See, if you ever wonder that God <laughs> really? is the omniscient. <laughs> Lord of the universe, look what he brought But what's you. so interesting is six months later, like almost to the weekend, mm-hmm. I met you. Mm-hmm. And then the next weekend, here I am in mass, right? You come, you're in your dress blues. We go to mass. It's this beautiful chapel. If you've ever been to the United States Naval Academy Chapel, it is a Without stunning. air conditioning. Let's be very clear. There was no air conditioning in the chapel back then. It was hot. No, it was, it was coolish because- it's like marble. It was stunning. It was an, it was one of the most beautiful churches I've ever been in. And I've been to some pretty amazing places. So, um, I, I remember the company. I get, yes. And I remember you leaning over as we knelt down for the first time and you were like, how many times do we kneel down? Like we just keep getting up and sitting down. Yeah, and so my friend called. I had a good friend who was Catholic. He's like, Jerry, when you Chris, go to your yeah. first mass, just don't worry about it. It's called Catholic aerobics. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. Stand up, <laughs> sit down, fight, fight, fight. I'm like, it really is. I'm now, of course, my knees were much younger back then, so it was a little easier. But I'm like. But during, for me, during that mass, I had a full circle moment where when I looked up, when the priest was at the moment of transubstantiation, I looked up at the altar and what I saw was you standing there in your dress whites and me standing there in a wedding dress. Yep. She kept that to herself for a number of years, folks. Just uh, saying. About a year to be exact. Mm-hmm. And I remember just going, oh. And I just, I was confused and I thought, Mary, you've read too many romance novels. This isn't what, I don't know what's happening with you right now. Just get it together, girl. But I just, I never forgot that. And I remember going, it's him. I asked you to bring him to me and and you did that. But of course, God does have a sense of humor. So he brought you a Lutheran. He did, which was not what I asked for, but <laughs> it is what I received. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, so what did you think of that first mass? Catholic aerobics, pretty much. Catholic aerobics, pretty much. And then we go to brunch, and he's like, he's just eating his brunch. He's not talking. He's saying nothing. And I am talking, and I'm trying to fill in all of the dead air. What do you do when you get nervous, honey? I talk faster. And what do I do when I'm nervous? You get quiet. Thank you. It's really not good. And I looked at him. Finally, I just stopped talking. I was like, this is ridiculous. If he doesn't like me, he obviously has has changed his mind. I'm not for him. The Lord is crazy. I, I was hallucinating. And so I stopped talking and just started eating my pancakes. And he looks up from his waffle, and he's like... Just staring at me, I'm like, "What? This is what we call a conversational gap." So it's your turn, and I just kept eating. <laughs> and he finally started talking, and I realized by the end of that date that he was still very much interested. But we talked about our faith because we had just gone to mass, mm-hmm. and you kept telling me how close the Lutheran faith was to the Catholic faith. Well, really, I mean, you know, liturgically, it kind of was, which I which kind of struck me at the time. I'm like. Interesting. We say that prayer. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. say that prayer. <laughs> yeah. So fast forward a few more years. Well, fast forward to our wedding right before our wedding. No, right before our wedding. So we're getting ready okay. to do our marriage prep. Yep. Our one hour. No, it was two. Two hours of marriage prep, which pretty much consisted of, will you agree to raise the children and Catholic? And signing a contract. And signing a contract to do so. And 
If you fight, fight naked. Yeah, that was pretty pretty much much all he said. That's it. You know, (laughs) so for any of you out there that are engaged and you're going, why do we have to go through all this marriage? It's a good thing. Trust me. It's a good thing. Because you talk about all the hard things. That we did on the job training. Yes. Not recommended. Not recommended. Not recommended. Mm -mm. So here we are. So we're, we're getting married in a Catholic service, which was interesting because- we did not have a mass. We had a Catholic. No, I wanted to have a mass, but we were getting married at the Naval Academy. You did not have time to have a mass. You got you 30, 30 minutes. minutes. And if That's you didn't it. step off, at, at like our, our wedding was at two o'clock. I had to step off the back pew, the step off down the aisle by 2.05. If I did not, then our wedding was canceled. Then the next one um, started at 2.30. Now, keep in mind, we had a very ecumenical wedding, right? So we had the Catholic priest. Oh, well, the priest said the vow. We had we had the readings and the vows. Did the readings and the vows. And then at the end, there were two guys sitting on the Yeah, the Protestant the minister kind of wandered up and he said... He um, gave us a blessing. Gave us a blessing. And then the rabbi came up, well, right? So it's like <laughs> a priest, a, a rabbi, wedding. and a preacher wander into a wedding. Oh, that was us. Yeah. So he gave He's us like, a blessing. He's like Mazel Tov. Gave us a blessing. Our friend Dave Orens knew him. He was in our wedding party. Right. He was Jewish. Right. And so he gave so us a We a had a good blessing. send-off. We recovered pretty much, right? Well, you would like to think, yes. <laughs> You'd like to think. So we go um We go about our lives. We go about our lives. So still, you know. Now I will give you my conversion story. Still, um, so I went to mass with her. Everybody was like, wait, you're going to mass, but you're not Catholic. I said, yes, because I we agreed to raise the kids Catholic, so I went to mass, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's part of raising the kids Catholic. And yeah. Jonathan, of course, you know, he did his first communion. Mm-hmm. Um, he became an altar server in the fine tradition of his uncles falling asleep. Knocking up. over a plant, and yeah. then that was it. He was only an altar server for three months. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not good. But in the meantime, I was slowly, um, I think just from, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Immersion. Starting to go, hmm. Not hmm, but hmm. Well, okay. So the culture in our family right. was, we said nighttime prayers with Jonathan. We said right. uh, uh, grace at every meal. Um, when we were with my extended family, we always said the rosary. Right, we said the um, rosary with him. Courtney when we were had with, her own yeah, little she rosary, had her own too. rosary. And when we were with your family, um, we went to Lutheran services. I would go to the the little Catholic church. Right, I would go to mass by myself on Saturday night, and then on Sunday you would go. We would go to the Lutheran service. Right now, I never received communion, which upset your mother greatly because I wasn't Lutheran, and so yeah, I couldn't do that. So over time, um. You know, I slowly started to ask some questions, right? So this is that sort of um, in inquiry part, right? So what was your what did your father tell you about mixed? Religion so I would say, marriages? yeah, I my that was the number one thing my parents were very concerned about. They were like, they knew not, I was awesome overall. <laughs> they said we love Jerry; he's a wonderful young man, but he's not Catholic, and so therefore you were un un. Dad said you were unequally yoked. And we are afraid and concerned that you will become, you will leave the church and go to the Lutheran church. You'll and, become a heretic. And well, that's what it's called. And so, um, you know, Jerry assured them, no, our intention is to raise the children Catholic. And so. I did sign the papers. Uh, you to be did. Fair. And, and I kind of, I started sort of hassling you in the first year or so of our marriage. I was like, you know, anytime you could just go talk to father and he would do the RCIA and like, you could just be Catholic. <laughs> and you like anytime, like this is, you know, I, and I remember my dad heard me say that to you one time and he pulled me aside and he said, don't ever make a man choose between God, his mother and his wife, because his wife will always lose. Yeah. And he was not wrong. And so I shut my mouth. Yeah. Which is, you know, miraculous. God does exist. He and does. Works miracles. He works miracles. But here's what I saw. And see, this is where I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. And it's probably a little politically incorrect, but that's okay. Because um, I'm, 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 I'm known for being Being the boomer in chief. Yeah. I'm the boomer in chief. Archie Bunker of his generation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I aspire to that level, but I'm not, I, I'm getting there. Not yet. But I'm getting there. Um, so, so I started to um, think about the Catholic faith more, and and you know we had a number of 
books around the house. We did. And we were also part of a family group, which was like a, a, a religion. Right. A CCD or a Catholic catechism and right. doctorate so, or whatever. So when I finally... So you were surrounded by a lot of good right. Catholic Right, so when men. I finally got out of the Navy, we settled down here. We started mm-hmm. going to a, um, a, Catholic, uh, a Catholic parish of course we did. in the local area. And, you know, I started having some conversations with other, you know, Catholic men and, and started to do a little more inquiring. And, you know, here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. And then you read St. Augustine. Let me just break it down for you. Break it down. (laughs) Please do. do. Um, So I approach, so I think like a historian. I don't think like a theologian, right? Shocking, right? I know. Uh, My very good friend, the deacon, very much does think like a theologian. I drive him crazy. But I approach this from the viewpoint of what I saw in the late 1990s, even coming into the early 2000s, was there was a a change coming over most of the mainline Protestant churches. I'm just going to tell it to you straight. They were were changing, right? As Ronald Reagan once said, Ronald Reagan was a Democrat, voted for Roosevelt four times. He He made a point of that. He says, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. That's when he became a Republican. Kind of the same thing with me. You know, I, I started and, and saw some of the doctrine and theological changes coming about in the Lutheran church. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then I, and then I started to study Catholicism a little more. And I said, you know, this is really, you know, it's had a few bumps in the road, right? We can talk about that whole, you know, Reformation before the Council of Trent and all of that. But what they believe, they believe. And they've believed from, you know, 2,000 years. 2,000 years, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't changed the core um, dogma and beliefs of the faith. And that had a lot of appeal to me because I'm like, okay, I don't, I was one of those people. It's like, I don't want you to change your religion to suit me. I need to like step up. You need to own it. That's, and that's, and that's when I started. So a couple of things happened. So I got into, we started going to, uh, our local parish. We got connected with a homeschool group, uh, got connected with a prayer group, and the big moment. Dun, 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 Why do you do that? Because I like dramatic music. Okay. <laughs> came in. Um, uh, uh, Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. So we had been here almost a year. Yes. So we're coming out of mass. And, you know, like I said, I our, went to- Our son was nine. I went to Mass with Mary. And, of mm-hmm. course, when, when she would take um, Jonathan up for communion, I would I would stay in the pew with Courtney. And they would, you know, go up and receive the host and then come back. So finally- the Lord. And so finally, my son, being my son, we're walking out, um, out of Mass- and of course, for anybody who's ever been in a the parking lot of a Catholic church after mass, it's only slightly less hazardous than the flight deck of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> My son stops in the middle of the parking lot. He's like, Dad, why don't you go up and get Jesus? Now, I, of course, knowing my son's a very logical kid for a nine-year-old, decide to have a theological discussion with him about the fact that I'm Lutheran and not Catholic. Yeah, he was having none of that. He literally stands there in the middle of the parking lot and like his grandmother, my deceased mother, God rest her soul, stomps his foot. With his hands on his hips. With his hands on his hips. And he says. That's Jesus. Why don't you love him? Yeah. Out of the mouth of babes, people. The, the children shall lead. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, okay, we're doing it. We will do this RCIA thing and we will determine if I want to be Catholic. So I, I, I loved it when he, when he went to his first RCIA um, meeting or class, he came home and he goes, just so we're clear, like I can pull out of this at any time. Like if I'm not liking what I'm, or what I'm hearing, if I have problems with it, you know, so don't attach yourself to the fact that I could, you know, become a Catholic. I said this, I'm doing this on my terms. And what were in you doing way. inside? I was just like, yeah, right, buddy. <laughs> you like doing a little happy dance, go, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're yeah. not going anywhere. You're the, gone. the fact that you're there, yeah. that's, th- you're done. Done. <laughs> done. You're done. done. You're in. <laughs> because Father uh, Greenhall, who was our pastor at the time, he had your number. Um, you know, the Knights of Columbus, you had, you had, um, you didn't, 
were you, no, I didn't join because I wasn't Catholic. I wasn't Catholic yet. Gotta but they were Catholic. all kind of buzzing about, and the the family group we were part of, the religious ed group that we were part of, they were all like praying. They were all in. Yes. They were all in. So Let's bring the, wives the heathen were, <laughs> back to the church. And you guys had gone on a retreat, and you called yourselves the Augustine's well, brothers. Now that was after, was after you were Catholic. See, you're getting ahead of yourself. Oh, am all right, I? Okay, let's go anyways, back to the right, story. So you, um, you talked to my dad. Let's go back to the story. Right. You talked to my dad after you had joined RCIA. Right. And dad gave you a book. What did he give you? Oh, he gave me the Confessions of St. Augustine. Yes. And then he gave you on the that he had. This was right. his book. And he had told you that when he was really struggling in his faith as a young officer before mm-hmm. he met my mom, mm-hmm. this was a book that really touched him and, and brought him closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then he shared with you some stories of him being at sea and what he saw during the Vietnam War yeah. and how it brought him closer to God because he never wanted to not be in a state of grace. Right. And so you had those conversations. Right. Now, while that was happening, I was praying for you. Jonathan was praying for you, uh-huh. which, you know, as a nine-year-old boy, innocent as he was, uh-huh. you know, Courtney in her own way was praying for you. Uh-huh. But you had told your parents that you were looking into joining the Catholic church and they were not, not pleased. And I think it was more because they thought you, they were, that you were rejecting them because it, that was such a part of their identity. Well, it was a little awkward. It was very awkward. Now, we, we we had a pretty we we had kind of a feisty group in my RCA. We asked a lot of questions. Now we had very patient priests, and you know we had some very lively discussions. So what did you? What was your big thing? There were two things that you kind of stumbled over. I don't remember. Our Lady. Uh, well, yeah, that was more of a familiarization thing. Yeah, and then the Pope. Yeah, well, you know, authority of the Pope. Yeah, well, you know, well, that's we, we that's a whole separate podcast talking about that <laughs> popery, but not the <laughs> stuff you put in a little bowl that smells good. Uh, I have some definite opinions on the uh, chair of Saint Peter, but we're not going to share those today. Wow, <laughs> I am unaware. Hey, I'm all in. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are all in, but. But yeah, I mean, well, this was the era of John Paul II, right? right. So I, I definitely admire John Paul II because of his stance against communism and his um, working together with Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, topic of another fantastic podcast, to bring about the fall of communism um, through the Catholic faith. Um, so I came into the church in... Easter Vigil of 1999. Easter Vigil of two. Th- no, 1999. Is it nineteen? Yes, because the next year we took Courtney to Lourdes and you had been Catholic for a year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's another podcast. Oh my word, yes. <laughs> oh my. Um Yeah, so then and my dad gave you what that night? Cigar? Yes, and bourbon? No, scotch. The Summa Theologica that oh, he yeah. had had from his mother. Yeah. Here's some, here's, a very, here's some light reading for well, you. Well, that was your confirmation saint. Why did you choose St. Thomas Aquinas? Because he's the dumb ox. <laughs> no, seriously, everybody thought he was like a dumb ox. And I'm like, dude, if you ever actually tried to read the Summa, funny story, we'll tell that in a minute. Okay, so let's oh fast gosh. So let's fast forward because you got to go through the rest of the conversion story, right? So once okay. we are in, we're all in, right? right. Okay, so let's fast forward. Did so- that stop us from doing stupid things in our marriage? Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, no. We were, if so anybody were, thought we immediately became, uh, who was that? Zelly and... Uh, oh, uh, Louis. Uh, yeah, Zelly and Louis. Yeah, not happening. St. Therese's um, yeah, yeah, no, no, parents. no. no. Uh, um, we became those imperfect Catholics that's like, were you, okay, Lord, so, save me from my sins, but not today. That's St. Augustine. Right? Um, <laughs> so, Lord, make me holy, but not today. Okay, again, St. Augustine. Um, so you were still addicted to pornography during this time. Yeah, we went through all of that. Yeah. yeah. We well actually That was the start. That, that was, was that was right before this, that the discovery of this was about three right. or four years before all of this. So this was actually part of our healing as a couple, uh, the step of you coming fully into the church, Correct. of us having our marriage, you know, blessed with a mass, of right. of us being completely together as Catholics. Right. And all the the ways that we are. And then the theology of the body. Well, that's in two thousand eight. Right, but yeah, so that's even more of of kind of the assimilation, and and we the were knowledge assimilated. Well, we just we learned. Right. So all of this knowledge is all power. of this culminated 
in my mind, in 2002. Oh, you mean um, at the youth retreat? When we when we decided to teach confirmation. Oh, that was in two thousand twelve something thirteen. Yeah, 14. I don't know. So so my honey lamb's <laughs> like you know, we should we should do confirmation. It'll be so much fun. Well, because you love history, and confirmation prep the first the first year of confirmation prep in our diocese is all salvation Old Testament history. salvation history. That's and right. So uh, so you, I said sure. Let's yeah. let's do it. This will be fun. Okay. Seventh graders, right? Which are like, wow, I understand why Benjamin Franklin said that you should put young men in a barrel and punch holes in it when they're 15 and not let them out till they're 21. You could lower that to about 13 and <laughs> leave them in there till they're 21. There was good. only a boy in our I first know, class. right? So we show up to our first confirmation class and we're all like on fire for the Lord. Or terrified to teach, but whatever. I just never, I, you know, look, we've said before, I just didn't want to make a mistake and say something that was wrong. girls mm -hmm. and this one poor dude who's looking, at, who's sitting in the far corner and he has like this deer in the headlights. Well, they all like, knew each other because I went to school together. save me. So we walk mm -hmm. in. Now, note to any of you who I have, think we've shared some of this story before. I don't think so. No. Okay. But we'll if share we it have, anyway, my apologies. Because it's part of my conversion story. Yes, it is. Because so, I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about Adam and Eve, and, and we're going to talk about Abraham and Noah and all this, right? So we sit there, and yeah, we make the fatal mistake. We're like, okay, feel free to ask us anything. Anything. We're here. I said, we, we said, we will tell you exactly what the church teaches, no nothing more, else. No, no opinions, less. nothing. We will not give you our opinions. That was extremely hard for me. <laughs> My guardian angel was like, nope, don't. Zip it. Zip it. Don't say that. I said, we will teach you exactly what the church teaches. So we get to the end of the first class and we're feeling pretty confident. We're feeling pretty good. Because we're just talking about Adam and Eve. We're just we're talking like, about we know Adam that and Eve. story. And we're like, okay, questions. And this girl looks up and she is totally serious. And she says, Mr. Lunderberg, can we clone humans? Yep. That and was our very first question. And I'm just look on his face like, oh, crap. I'm like, uh, yeah. I said, but. But we did not know. We didn't know the theological background to that. So we told her. I said, I'll get back to I'll you. I'll get back to you next I said, week. We'll, I said, we'll I do not know answer. the answer to that question. Well, I said, I know the answer to that question, but I want to give you the, the reason why. The reason and what the church teaches. teaches. Mm -hmm. So I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. Let me go ask my guy and we'll come back next week. So we came back the next week. We and talked we started to the deacon. The deacon, of course, thought this was hysterical. He's like, why would you ever let why them have that Why would you do that? that? What are you, an idiot? I <laughs> do you said, not ever let, let them ask questions? That's bad. No, you don't say ask, ask anything. anything. And yeah. I said, well, that's... Well, we so we went back the next week and yep. we answered, no, you can clone anything you want. Clone Just all the sheep you want. Not humans. No humans. Because and they're each like, life is so unique. Oh, okay. And unrepeatable. And then the question they asked at the end of the second class, which was the story of Noah... Um, was, is that, no, are we talking about the Trinity? Is the Trinity like oh. the Borg, right? No. no. What is okay. it called? So my finest moment, y'all, <laughs> y'all, my finest moment. Just get to the in question. In theology. Because we ended up, we had a couple, a couple more, this is the following the fo year. Oh, was that the following this year? This is the following oh, year. We okay. had three boys. Three boys. Now here's year. what I've learned about eighth grade boys. They all, they all want to be comedians. They all want to try to trip you up. And yeah, that's pretty much what I know. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to explain the Holy Trinity, right? And a mm -hmm. lot of people go with the whole three leaf clover. I like I didn't like that. So we're There's... talking about the Holy Trinity. So this kid looks at me and he's totally serious. And he's like, <laughs> Mr. Lindenberg. So so Mr. Lindenberg, is the Holy Trinity like the hive mind from um Minecraft? No. Uh Starcraft. Starcraft. Which is a video game. Now I just happen to know this video game. So I'm standing there for a second and I go, okay, let me tell you, that analogy kind of works. Here's why, right? Because the Holy Trinity, the Father knows what the Son knows, what knows what the Holy Spirit knows. The Father acts through the Son, acts through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Holy yeah. Spirit is the love of the, the Father. The love and the of the Son. Father and None the Son. Of them exist so you can't each other. separate them. It's three no. persons in, in one. one God, right? So if that 
kind of helps you work on it, then we'll run with that. And he's like, cool. Cool. <laughs> I said, okay. So, and then we told Father, I think we had Father Barquette by then. Father who was Barquette. Our, he and was, he was like, and he thought about it because he also, he had nephews and he knew about StarCraft. And he's like, I, I don't, I don't, I think, I think that's okay. I think you're okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, do and I need so, to go to confession for that? Do I, like, did, did we, did I just we commit to, heresy? Do we need to like bring you in? And he's like, that'll work for an eighth grader. That'll work. Yeah. I'm I was like, going to okay. say for a 13 year old, 13, 14. Now, please don't, don't send us comments and DMs and tell to tell us that we did horrible theological things. That young man is now married with children and still attending church right? and I doing mean, fine. This is so, this is where we're at now, right? Like the yeah, kids we had they're in, getting married. They're, they're in college. They're oh, see, they're, they're out of jun- college. Juniors, now. seniors in college and out. These the confirmation kids are juniors in college. And some of them are are some of them have a couple of them have gotten married already no, while in college. Sophie was in the class and she's in she's, nurse well no she's a she, junior. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, me. good. That means I'm not as old as I thought I was. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we were very unconventional. Not gonna lie, because Jerry, we've always been very. Unconventional. I was gonna say we've been there, done that. Our got prayer the is always that we just never leave any lead anybody away from the Lord. That we lead them to the Lord. Hey, I led them to the Lord through stick figure theology. <laughs> my Joseph's so proud of that. my Joseph's co- coat of uh, coat many of many colors, colors is legendary. Is legendary. It is. Um, so, so where, do you, where are, we where are you now? Where are we Jerry, now? Don okay. So, you know, we, um, <laughs> taking the long road well, home here. So it's, it's interesting. Do you own your faith? I do. Do you most pray days. every day? I, most days. Now let's be, let's be fair. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you know, converts, they're like way more on fire than the Lord for the Lord than, than us cradle Catholics are. Right. Do people say yes. That? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. Some days, more or less, Hello, but I'm, I'm definitely not a perfect Catholic. I would honest, if I'm being honest, and you know, I'm perfectly honest all the time. I no, I don't pray every day. My prayer life has its ups and downs. It's in and outs. It's uh, sideways. You know, I, I I would like to say I'm on the uh, the 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 highway to heaven, but not every day. There's a few detours and bumps on the road. Why do you keep looking at me like that? Anyway, but I am always striving for holiness, sometimes harder than others, sometimes. Um, you got the fix it Jesus prayer down real well. That's my favorite. Fix it Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's actually from my favorite Texas Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say that. The, the, do the, you know the Lord? I do. The thing that I. Do you love the Lord? I do. Go ahead. You're going to ask me the next question. I know what you're going to ask me. What am I going to ask you? Do you trust the Lord? Not as much as I should. There you go. I, I knew that question was coming. See, like, mm. <laughs> we've had this conversation. Uh, time or two. Um, but the thing that I really love about the Catholic faith is it's constant. Um, give or take a few things. We can talk about that later. Um, but there's always something new to learn, right? Yes. I mean, we learn, <laughs> this is one of those things. Every time you open up your Bible and you could read the same scripture once a year on the same day, and it'll mean and speak to you in a totally different way. Right. <laughs> one thing that we were warned, it's like, well, if you're going to do confirmation, you better understand your faith because you know that you're going to get those questions that oh, you're- all the questions about the, what's happening in the culture. Absolutely. Right. And what it means to their faith, mm-hmm. right? I, I won't go into all the details. Well, there was a situation that was happening at the local high school, uh, middle school, high school combo mm-hmm. where all of these kids were going. And they had to make a decision if they were going to show up one day um, and speak the truth of the faith or go along with everybody else on a political, cultural matter. And it was really um, quite edifying and uh, such a powerful testament to when you speak the truth to your youth, to the youth of the world, when you tell them the truth, um, not not the subjective truth, but the objective truth of faith, right? Did I get that right? You did. Well I did. Done. Thank you. I sometimes twist those words, which is very bad. Um, but 
when you tell them the truth about what we believe and why we believe it. Why do we believe in the dignity of life? Why do we say that every person is unique and unrepeatable? Why do we stress that there are only two genders, male and female? Why? What does the Bible tell us? What does uh, the magisterium tell us? What does uh, sacred tradition teach us? And when you give them that power to know it, to understand it, and to choose to believe it, because nobody's forcing them to to believe it, they have to own that, um, then they're able to do things like our group of kids did. There were about 10 of them yep. that did not go along with the crowd. And they stuck together and they they paid a, a social price. Um, and even some of the teachers had a backlash, but they had one another. They had our whole youth ministry and confirmation team praying for them. And I am very, very proud of them to this day. And when you when you see them now and talk to them now, it's you know yes they have questions but they have they know the Lord right they know him because they were introduced to him at a young age and and they were encouraged to trust him and to wrestle it out with him when things got hard like Jacob you know yep I you know I walk with a hitch in my step because I was wrestling with the angel. Is that why your hip bothers That's you? That's why my time? right hip bothers me all the time. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, but so, so where are we now? Um, are we? We're perfect? still a work in progress. No, we are works in progress. Um, but one thing that has changed our marriage um, is we do try to pray together every night, even if it's a short prayer before we go to sleep. There's an up. Yes, thank you. Hello, there's an app for that. Um, so we try to do that and. Um, you know, we, our, our son is praise God going to church with his wife and and son, our grandson is baptized. So, you know, as we get older, we recognize that a lot of families, that's not the case. And so we pray for them. We pray for the continual conversion of our, um, of everyone, including ourselves, um, to come into closer relationship with the Lord. So, you know, as far as your conversion, my sweet love, um, you had a lot of people praying for you for a long time. And I think it was when we, when I took off the pressure and just let you be that things became easier and you actually sought the information, started reading the lives of the saints, started reading St. Augustine and, you know, yes. And asking my, you talked to my dad a lot. And when my dad died in 2001, I think that was one of the things that, that was hard for you was that you couldn't ask him those questions anymore. Yep. He had a unique perspective. He truly did. He was a man (laughs) of many, many talents. He had, well, he was a functioning alcoholic that was 19. So he, and he had, he was a child of World War II. He was in Vietnam. I mean, the man experienced a lot over his lifetime. And, um, but he had a tremendous devotion to Our Lady and um, said his prayers every day, even, even in the years that he was drinking, he prayed in the morning and prayed at night. So, and he would always go up and, and go to adoration and spend some time in front of the tabernacle whenever he had the opportunity. Um, so, yeah. So, and then he lived, you know, obviously he had an addiction. So there was imperfection and it was hard for me growing up seeing the two sides of that. But as an adult, I understand it because I live it. So. Okay. So. <laughs> That was a light and fluffy story. That was a light and fluffy story. Okay, so let's... Oh, now it's time for the not-so-newlywed game, or let's... the not-so-newlywed game. Let's get to know one another. Am I answering for you, or am I answering for me? Ooh, this is good. This is for you. You ready? Okay, so I'm answering for myself, as in I... When you die, what do you want to be remembered for? That I loved with my whole life. Oh, you're so good. When you die, what do you want to be remembered for? That I was funny. Oh, my gosh. That was a good man. That you are a good man. That I did my duty. You did your duty. Yes, you you have done your duty. Not perfectly, but you've done it. All right. Oh, let's get a funnier car because we're we're in a little doom and gloom here. (laughs) If you were famous, what would you be famous for? Oh, my goodness. I know. Um, what would you be famous for? Oh, I this is easy. Statement earrings. <laughs> no. 
You would be famous for statement earring. That's You'd a be silly like an thing ear to model. Be, that's a silly Look, thing to be famous for. If you want new, exciting earrings, you see, you just you just see your hand in your ear. You'd be like an ear model. You're so weird. <laughs> no, I would want to be famous for. No, no, not what you want to. What would you? Would be? I be famous for? I will be famous for. Um, my great storytelling, my humorous stories that I tell over cocktails and horse divorce. Wow. That's okay. hors d'oeuvres and Thanks. dyslexic. <laughs> wow. What would I be remembered for? But being the boomer in chief. Yeah, pretty no much. No filter. That's what being you'll be remembered for. Telling you exactly what yep. I think. Yeah. Mm. Is that it? That's all you got? All right, hold on. Uh, okay, here we go. Wait, let's do one more because we're, we're okay. Uh, this is a really exciting one. podcast to listen if, to. Oh, 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 oh! Am I answering for you? Nope. Or, this oh, is geez. you. If you could have tea with one fictional character, who would it be? One fictional character. Fictional character. Oh, if it was a real person, I'd have tea. No, with no, no. Queen fictional Elizabeth II. Character. Fictional character. Yes. Fictional character. Oh, really? I would have tea with um elizabeth bennett of course you would duh I think. Did you yes. have, why did you have to think about that well one? because i was going through all the sisters i'm like oh my gosh would i have it with lizzie no because then i just smack her <laughs> nice <laughs> i'd have it with elizabeth bennett of course you would and then i'd have her to teach she would have to teach me all of her her ways of wow who would you have it with mitch rap oh. and then we go out and kill people <laughs> now you'd have whiskey in your tea <laughs> Probably. And then we go out and kill people. Wow. Like in real, for real life? It's fiction. He's, okay. It's a spy novel. <laughs> Duh. Know. We'd have tea like, with whiskey. And we go out and kill the bad guys. Okay. It's fictional characters. I can do whatever I want. Okay. So since this podcast was based on a question that somebody had left for us on our oh. bat line. See, that's why I had it all phone line. Because now um, we can bring it up and say, hey. You can call us. First at, of all, remember to follow us on. Oh, on Spotify, so you've got Apple Podcasts, shit, and especially a YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Did you, did you go subscribe? I subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> you okay. need to subscribe. Okay. And you then can also support us financially on, on Patreon. The Patreon page. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that because um, Taylor, who is our producer, he requires us to pay him. In something other than ginger snap cookies. So um, you okay. can leave a text message or leave a voicemail um, at 571-354-0351. That's 571-354-0351. Thank you, Jerry. Operators are standing by. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, my God. Isn't that, my friends? Never a dull moment <laughs> here on the Jerry and Mary podcast of our podcast. Uh, you really put the computer a long way out of like stretching to get to it. Help me. <laughs> okay. What is Until happening? Until next time. Until next time, friends. Y'all be good.